Welcome to the A Show, the Alright Alright Show. My name is BK, it's January 11th, 2017 edition. I'm recording this a little early on Monday night, uh, January 9th. How was your weekend? Good? Bad? Uh, I think the work week is officially kicking off uh, more this week rather than last week, uh, especially in the tech sectors, I believe, given that last week was a CES Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, so a lot of meetings, a lot of announcements, although not as much. It's not an exciting show to go to these days, unless you want to see a lot of TVs or weird gadgets, if you're still into that stuff, so, you know, uh, it's not the best time to visit Vegas and all that. I, I don't hear good stories out of it, you know, the parties are like, eh, or all corporate events, you know. Uh, a lot of people, airports are clogged, you know, blah, 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 all those things. But, uh, you know, a lot of backdoor meetings and all that happened there. But anyways, I didn't go there. I, I don't, I, I think it's the worst time to go to Las Vegas at the time. I always think it's best to go uh, afterwards or just before Super Bowl when the parties are going on, Um, you know. But, uh, yeah, I want to visit Las Vegas one day, as I mentioned a couple weeks now on the travels that I'm planning out. Uh, So officially, I booked the next two let's see five weekends six weekends yeah so i'll be traveling every weekend and uh, i'm gonna mention the uh travel stories uh, a little bit in the next in the coming weeks uh, i think that's uh that's a good story every every town i visit i have a you know story story or the little bit of my thoughts on the city i visit uh so i'm gonna share that in the coming episodes uh so just to outline a little bit whoa there's a schedule change on one of the flights uh okay but I'll look at that later. Um, so this weekend, uh, Martin Luther King Day weekend, uh, I'll be visiting San Francisco, family visiting. And after that, San Francisco just for one day on a Saturday. Then Albuquerque, New Mexico, the week after, uh, the Lunar New Year, for those that care. Uh, and then New York City for the Super Bowl weekend, week after that, Phoenix, Arizona, that was the last thing I booked. And then after that, you know, the, uh, there's a bit of a break in between with the President's Day weekend and all that. I want to take a bit of a time off, and then I'm going to make the California travel. And then I thought it was just going to be L.A., but it's going to be uh, San Jose and through the L.A. and Orange County. I'm going to follow. I decided to follow the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, for the entire California road trip, which is exciting. I, I don't know how it's going to go, uh, you know, so let's see how that goes. But then, you know, and then a lot, a lot of people, you know, a couple of people came up to me and said, hey, where did you get this money? Where, where, where is this coming from? Or like, don't you have to pay the house or anything? You know, you know. Yeah, I like I said, I haven't traveled that much. I I don't get to travel so much, and now I have time and bit of a freedom. And then um, you know, I want to go see things out there, see what's up there. And then especially in places like Phoenix and New Mexico, um, you know, New Mexico, I want to go to the Santa Fe, and see the Georgia O'Keeffe Museum. You know, the one of the greatest uh, American modernist artists out there. Uh, she lived very long, almost a century. Uh, she passed away at the age of. 98 in Santa Fe and then in Phoenix there's actually a Frank Lloyd, Lloyd Wright uh, design school there the famous architect um, and he actually passed away in Phoenix so um, there's a there's a design school I want to go visit and I also want to see the Arizona Coyotes um, and then the Pittsburgh Penguins are visiting so the ticket prices are a little high but you know Penguins are the, one of the best teams out there the defending Stanley Cup champs I want to go see them I think I'm going to go by myself, at least the Phoenix one. So uh, let's see. I, I'm excited, you know, driving on the desert road. Same for New Mexico, driving on the, you know, high altitude mountains and all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. So uh, anyways, uh, I'll share more of that as I make the travel. So uh, and then I'll get those of your here mugs so I, I can say I was there. So, um, you know, 
And then, you know, back to the money thing, you know, people, I, I'm going, if you know, notice, is it's one of the downtimes in travel after the holidays and just before the summer and spring break picks up. So I, I think it's the most opportune time to go when the tickets are, prices are really cheap and the hotels are pretty affordable. So I do it. And then like, you know, some people, like, especially like my parents or something, you know, I would save that money to pay the mortgage or whatever. But I'm, I was like, well. Either way, I'm already screwed by the bank getting the mortgage in the first place. And then I don't know what the difference of a total of a thousand dollars or a couple thousand would make in the long term. You know, I don't know. It might be a short sighted thing, but I feel like it's better to invest myself in that and go out there and see what 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 other towns are like. And then, you know, I noticed that Mark Zuckerberg last week said that too. He's going to he wants to visit more American towns and meet more Americans. And I'm like, why? I wonder where he took that idea. Same as CNBC. Like when they had a news article a couple of weeks ago about Twitter and saying that Twitter data shit and then the price is like like worthless. The stock, it should be like $9, $10. Wonder who said that, you know, three, four months ago. No citations anywhere, but ah, what the hell. You know, I'm not the only, you know, the person observing things out there, right? So anyways, I killed enough time on that. So um, I'm, I'm going to do a weekly bachelor recap. I don't know why I, I'm watching that show. I, I said I would watch it at least through the next week, you know, to see if my observation that I had last year that, you know, African-American contestants are more more pro, like predominantly featured on the MLK Day, which I noticed last year. So will that happen again this year? I don't know. From the preview of the next week's show, it doesn't look like it. So let's get into that in a little bit. So... Before getting into today's episode, I really noticed that the two-hour show format, it really mirrors at least like WWE Raw. Now you're like wrestling, what the hell? But, you know, if you look at the TV show, that's like at least two hours long. Raw is three hours now. It used to be two hours. It's very formulaic, you know, reality show, not a reality show, but it's entertainment in general. But they they have a basic storyline and then the characters they got to follow, right? So, you know. Generally, first 20, 10 minutes, a block, you know, the main story, like a follow-up to whatever happened the week before, especially in the, episode, in the episodes like today, after the first rose ceremony, what the hell happens? Same for Raw. What is the first segment that comes up? The main eventer shows up and talks his shit about last week or whatever the main major event that happened beforehand. And in between, you know, the fillers begin, you know, single dates, group dates, blah, 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 especially in the earlier in the seasons. And then it kind of picks up in the second hour, especially towards the end, the last 45 minutes or so. You know, the second round of people, you know, they try to uh, establish the storyline and then the characters that you didn't see in the first hour. So, uh, you know, and then I really feel that the like 845 to 910 mark is the worst or until the nine o'clock block that last 15 minutes. They usually have the first single date set up there, but that's like a bit of a snoozer, you know, single date there. Like I thought that tonight. And then I realized like, you know, these shows, like, oh, they're not the same, they're not the same, but, you know, if you look at it in a one way, with the Royal Rumble coming up, one of the four major events in WWE, at least, Bachelor itself is the Women's Royal Rumble. 30 women enter, women enter. One has a chance, not the guarantee, but the chance to win the heart of the guy. Just like the Royal Rumble in WWE, 30 men enter, or 30 competitors, sometimes there's, like, some occasions there was a woman that entered a couple times. And then the winner of the Royal, Royal Rumble match will get the title shot at the WrestleMania, the main big event. So he becomes a he or she, mostly he, 99%, 100% of the time, becomes a number one contender. Same thing at the end of The Bachelor, although it doesn't last one night, it lasts like three months. 
the last rose that the woman gets or the guy gets has a chance to find the love of his or her lifetime. But as you know, none of these really turn out. The, the, the what is it? The success rate at the end of this is like the championship winning percentage is like what ten percent, twenty percent at most, and then they have a wedding show after, and then all the losers go on the Bachelor, Bachelorette, and Paradise show, whatever. Like the this guy, the this year's Bachelor, Nick Vile is on this thing, you know. And, and then watching this is like I don't know, it it's it's fun in a weird way. And then you, aside from the usual, hey, how can you fall in love with somebody that quick? And then like watching the drama and all that. But tonight's episode, I gotta say, it is interesting. So I'm not gonna name every single girl on this show. There's still 22 after the last episode. I don't know which eight got eliminated. But clearly, all the Canadian states—the Montreal chick, and then uh, Vancouver chick, Seattle chick—is still there. And then there's this one blonde girl, Corrine, who looks like Tiffany Trump, the lost Trump daughter. She stepped up her game like the first hour, getting naked and shit, uh, at least half naked, you know. And then like being really attached to the guy. She's 24. The Nick again is 35. I don't understand how that 11-year-old like 11-year gap really helps anything. But then, <laughs> I one thing I really found amazing that she said, like, of course she's playing playing the blonde villain on the show, but the way I look at it is like, look, she's young, dumb, and stupid. But you know what? What the hell? She has she's in the yolo phase of her life. She's twenty four, and then, you know, when she gets naked and then get desperate, get really moochy and shit, and you know, the especially in the show like Bachelor, you, you even if you have a group date, the guy or you know, takes a girl away for like, hey, uh, let me talk to you for a second, and then like, and then in between, like, like some girls like, oh, let me take him for a second. I'm gonna interrupt you for a little bit. Do you mind? And then like, do all that shit happens. And this girl did this three times today, and then you know, but then she got the rose at the end, and then like, okay, all the girls are like, what the fuck? But then at the same time, what Corrine said was like, well, if you cannot take people interrupting on this show, why are you here? And I laugh my ass off because that's so true. That's the point of this. That's the point of the game. So I give her credit, and I did the slow clap, and then I said, "Well done." But obviously, the rivalry on this thing is with a Seattle chick. Uh, I think her name is Taylor, the brown-looking girl. Um, but Taylor, she looked way older, but then she's apparently 23, and. Oh, you know, all the girls are like, you, you like ganging up against that. Like, Kareem pretty much is like, why are you keep interrupting? Why, why did you get naked when you didn't have to? Showing the desperation because a group date was like a, some wedding bridesmaid photo shoot, and then this girl, Kareem went at last. Uh, after all the girls took a picture with different theme wedding photos, like biker chick, shotgun wedding, country wedding, blah blah blah. Uh, you know, beach wedding, and then she did the whatever thing at the end and then she says fuck it i'm gonna go all in and took her top off and then like everyone every girl's like oh my god what is she doing but then you know i was like then nick liked it obviously and then like she let him grab her boobs and shit doing the janet jackson photo shoot and then she won the photo contest and the rose the single rose that they get so yay she staved off the elimination at least for tonight but then you know taylor chick i mean she's 23 she's all right in my opinion uh, you know, with the right makeup, she looks like a model, I guess. But then, she she told what she told Nick in in her one on one session in the same group date was like, she graduated, uh, in three years from her bachelor undergrad, and then she went to Johns Hopkins and she's the mental health counselor now. So 
she went straight to grad school, which is also what I did. But I didn't finish my undergrad in three years. I did it in four. And then, like, I did the my master's in one in the third year or whatever. So what the hell? And then she's one of those chicks. I got annoyed. I was pulling for her a little bit because I was like, you know, uh, yeah, like somebody from Northwest should win this, you know, West Coast. That's not L.A. or something. But then, or some Midwestern girl or some Southern girl that they generally pick. So I was like, all right, let's 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 see how this one goes. She's arrogant as shit. I, she's one of those hot, you're like, I don't know. I don't want to generalize everybody here, which I'm doing right now. Like, she achieved all this. And then what way she talks about the guy, Nick, is like, you know, we had an intelligent conversation. And I think it clicks on the intelligence level. How the hell do you know? He's 35. And he's a salesman. You obviously haven't been through life. You're 23. What the fuck do you know? You're probably the youngest here. And then this this amount of arrogance that comes off of her just like turned me off. And then I'm like, God, would you shut up for a second? That is like a that's like the reaction I have. And then like I I I don't know if she's one of those girls. I like look, the guy has to take a back seat. Like Ronda Rousey, that happened with her. You know, with the, one of the former ex-boyfriends, another MMA fighter, Brendan Schwab, when he said, you know, why did you break up with Ronda? I was like, well, I was too much of a man for her. And then, like, maybe she's one of those chicks, too. You know, I got this degree. I finished it this much. I'm beautiful. Guy, get on my level, you know. Do 20 push-ups, do 40 sets of whatever dips or whatever. And then, like, you got to be my life partner and do this. And then she, I'm sure she has, like, all these milestones set in her life where she finished school. So I don't want to get into Taylor so much, but I don't think she's going to last. If she does, I think Nick's going to get tired of it. You know, Nick, if you don't know, this is the fourth time he's on this show. Some variations of these shows. And then, like, oh, I'm trying to find love. But then he's a known asshole, apparently. I haven't tracked all the history of it. But, you know, so some girls have doubts and all that. Yet at the same time... You know, they're like, oh, my God, he's so handsome. Yeah, that's why he's a player and a salesman, you know, and then he's the asshole guy. But at the same time, I feel for him. He's, you know, like I, I, I but honestly, I don't think he's on the show to find the wife, although he says it, because at least from the first two episodes, like eh, whatever, whatever. I mean, yeah, there's still too many girls on the show. And then to be honest, compared to last season, when the other guy, Ben, was a bachelor who only who has a body, who was who looks like Tom Hanks. Or Colin Hanks, Tom Hanks' son, with a height of Chris Hemsworth, with a dap bod. I said, yeah, only thing he says, like, don't hold back. And then, like, all oh, right, I don't think you're being honest with me. Come on, open up a little bit. Uh, which is all what the guy says always. But then Nick is, you know, I, I you know, that guy has a game. He's a salesman. So you, you could just see it right through. And then you're like, just like, man, he, he's just here for pussy, pretty much. <laughs> But, you know, like, there were a couple moments I was like, all right. And then the one girl that's on the show that's been made noise was uh, this girl named Liz who apparently hooked up with Nick at uh, some wedding. But then, you know, they didn't exchange numbers and they didn't really follow up after. So the Nick's ex- excuse or his ex- side of the story is that, you know, was at the wedding. One thing led to another. Yeah, they hooked up. But then they didn't get the, she didn't give her number and then she didn't ask for his number. And then... His argument is, and I see it too, like, like, okay, why are you on the show? Like, why are you doing this? Like, you know, given that the whole, you know, dynamic stem from a wedding of, you know, of mutual friends could have hooked up, you know, uh, you know, th- personally in more intimate times. And then the, I see the girl side too. It's like, well, I don't, I, like, she didn't want to, she didn't want to interrupt him when he's doing all these shows. And then like, 
And then the guy next started getting really quantitative, which is always a bad thing when you get into an argument with a girl. And they're like, well, it wasn't six months that I was on the show. And then I go, here we go. Here we go. This is near the end of the show. And I was just like, oh, this is over. This is done. But then I see where he's coming from, too. But as soon as he said, you know, I, I'm, I wasn't recording for six months, I go, oh, yeah, that's an asshole move right there. And then so and then Liz, you know, she had her moment. And then, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I really want to get to know you better. And then I just want to have a clarification. I don't want to closure, that kind of thing. She clearly didn't get it. And then Nick really didn't trust her. Like, is she doing this out of fame? Like, that, you know, in the spotlight? And then trying to discredit me? And then what she say to all the other girls? Blah, 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 blah. And then I guess Liz told one girl, Kristen. Kristen? Kristen? And then and it's like a Chris with C-H. And then it ends with T-E-N. Kristen. And then she's such a gossiper. I don't, she's gonna, I don't think she's gonna stay on the show. She's cute, but whatever. So, you know, that happened. And uh, and one other, you know, when I said the, the filler time came on, when the, the that part of the show comes up, like 8.45 to 9, they did the one single date with uh, this girl named Danielle who looks like the, I don't know, because I'm one of those fragile, uh, what do you call it, like hour, hourglass? No, not an hourglass. She's a skinny chick. She's pretty. But then at the same time, you get the vibe like, ah, she's really like, reserved and like insecure some shit i don't know i got that vibe when i saw her and then she shared her story about like you know she got engaged and then her ex uh, i guess a fiance now was an addict and then nick gives the most useless advice ever it's like i hope you learn from it and then uh you know i, I just hope that you be you who you are and then keep supporting hope you find someone you know whatever that you can uh, support and all that shit complete useless advice ever and then yet danielle says you know this is very relieving and i'm like no it's not or you're re- really insecure as shit this is ridiculous and then but i feel for the girl it's like yeah you just go like she's not she's pr- probably not gonna win this because nick is a you know given away his you know vilified before and whatever past shows that he was on you know he's not that's not a match that's not a match unless he's 45 or 50 and then realizes that god i need somebody stable then maybe he'll go after a girl like danielle and hopefully girl like danielle learns that like you know the addicts and then uh players and cheetahs don't work she needs a really nice guy and then like she said that too i, I just want to find a good guy as a hokey as it this sounds you know blah 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 was it the, she said that i don't remember somebody said that and then i was just like uh whatever and then the nick just said yeah 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 for sure for sure for sure such a salesman and what's up with this salesman on the show i i really and then you know diversity thing Let's see how it goes. I, I got to watch the episode next week and then the week, probably the week after just to, you know, see the consistency of the diversity spotlight on the show, which I, I always find fascinating. You know, I'm looking for the George Mason University 2005, you know, going to the final four. Will that happen? Will that not happen? That's more of a fun, more over and under game in a survivor league pick than uh, just pick a winner. But, you know, I who's going to be the winner? I don't know. Kareem thing, I think that's going to burn out fast. She's young. She doesn't know. She, she says stuff. Like, you know, I really feel the sexual chemistry. Like, yeah, that's how the that's how you get burned, all right, honey? So, you know, let's see. But I, I find it funny because uh, the character development. And then this season, I feel like the girls are talking more, at least for now, more than the guy. You know, and I remember Ben speaking more about each girl more than, you know, Nick is doing right now. And then... And then the, it's more all on a girl's perspective. I really, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm, that's why I'm fine with Nick. Cause like, he just goes like, yeah, whatever. And then like, well, whatever, you know, my history, but I, I want to find the right one. You know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And then it clearly, clearly see from the group date selections. It's just like, wow, you're really picking the ones that are, you know, decent looking. 
you know, at least for 95% of them. And then you go like, yeah, yeah, let's see how this goes. And then maybe I'll sleep with one of them. But, you know, I don't blame him. Why not? He's a guy. And then I'm a guy. So, and, you know, and then uh, every guy I say is an eternal optimist. So it's like, you know, hopefully something happens. Fingers crossed, right? But anyways, I, oh my God, I can't believe I almost killed 20 minutes, 25, uh, 15 minutes on this. I said I was going to limit it to 10 minutes, but it's fascinating. And then uh, it mirrors wrestling, at least the storyline, and then the way it's structured. A block, B block, back to the A block. I don't know. Some things I notice watching the TV shows these days, especially these formulaic ones. And then um, now I really see where WWE gets their influence and then, you know, with the Hollywood writers and they got all that shit. And then you really see... You know, in shows like Bachelor, it's people know it's reality show, quote unquote. But yet at the same time, it's very formulaic uh, with the plots and characters they develop. You know, girls overplay themselves a little bit. And then the, their reaction chats are resting bitch face they have left and right. Or like, oh my god, I can't believe she did that. Oh my god, I can't believe this just got kicked out. I was like, yeah, 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 you know, you could just feel it, okay? If this were real life, it wouldn't happen that way. But anyways, uh, for that reason, this is a women's wrestling uh, without wrestling in the ring or in the mud or any of that. And then this is Royal Rumble is interesting. Who's going to go over the rope? I don't know. Liz went over the rope tonight. Actually, there was no rope ceremony tonight. So let's see how this goes. And, you know, but the uh, only difference is, well, that's a difference. You know, we saw all the entrants in the first episode. Oh, my God. Was there a surprise entrant? I guess that was, I guess that was Liz. But anyways, I don't see any Asian girls in this show. At least last season, there was a half Asian girl. Oh, what was her name? She was from Ohio. Her mom was Filipino or something, but she, I, I found her annoying. Kyla? Kayla? Oh, yeah. She broke up with her boyfriend to join the show, which was fucking weird. Like, a, she broke up with a guy a month before, so after she got accepted to the show or something. Anyways, I'm making shit up. Maybe I'm not. I, I read that somewhere, so it must be true. Uh, main thing I wanted to get to tonight was the... Uh, I, I'm recording this today while I remember was the... Golden Globes last night. I didn't watch it. I passed out. But when I turned it on, the TV on, I, I saw Meryl Streep show up on the screen. And I was like, oh, what's going on? And then I caught it in the middle of the speech. And then I saw the speech at the end. And I was like, ah, you know what? There's no movie or TV show that I'm really interested in this year to follow up. I didn't see La La Land. I figured they would sweep everything or Game of Thrones or something. And I'm like, I'm not watching this shit. But I saw I caught the speech. And then I watched it afterwards, and then I caught the part where she was talking about, you know, uh, Trump, without mentioning his name, you know, mocking, Trump mocking the, one of the disabled reporters uh, with the one with a disability when he was like, ah, I don't remember, you know, I, you'll find that clip, although Trump denies it. He's like, I never mocked him, I never mocked him, I never did, I never did. Yeah, but there's a fucking video, dude, but who the hell knows, right? God, uh, Anyways, so, and then there, obviously, I woke up this morning, and then I opened Instagram, and then, like, Facebook, Twitter, all that shit, and then this has become the trending topic for some reason. Everybody reacted, and then I laughed, because um, I watched the speech before I opened all that stuff, like, 6 in the morning. I was like, all right, well, it was a whole speech, although, uh, you know, it's it, obviously, it was a long, long speech, so I figured it was like, okay, it must be the Lifetime Achievement Award, like, the one that Al Pacino gave. I remember, like, they didn't cut him off. Because, like, fuck, it's Al Pacino. Let him speak 30 minutes, you know? Like, all the movies and musicals and TV shows, TV specials he did. Not the TV shows, specials he did. Like, Angels in America. I, I still love that series uh, from 03. You know, stuff like that. And then um, I, I watched the whole speech. And then it was all right. I, the, the One of the positive reactions, like, wow, she was so courageous, you know, 
whatever it was so positive and uplifting but at the same time i'm like i i i'm really not surprised by the rhetoric of it you know i figured something like this would show up especially in meryl streep she talked about you know women's rights and stuff on 60 minutes before which you know turned some people off and then you know and then it sounded like a hollywood elite speech but i caught the middle and end of it so it might sound that way but i saw the whole speech uh this morning and if you listen to it in the beginning she premises it by you know establishing what hollywood is although people have this idea that oh hollywood elite they live in this liberal democratic bubble with a lot of hypocrisies and all that which liberals don't mention i'll be honest unless you're a social justice warrior you'll see it like me bitching about bachelor that's yeah but you know and then I think that's a fair criticism. And then they got sued for it. Anyways, back to Meryl Streep. I like how all the detractors of this speech were going, you know, another Hollywood elite telling me how to think. Marxist mindset. Another bubble living. Another Trump bashing. What is this? You know, telling us what to think, what to do. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to read. I'm going to read one paragraph of this thing uh, first. Because uh, I think people... People who just like to track this uh, speech, you know, clearly didn't hear the first minute. So, uh, let me go. Quote, but who are we? And, you know, what is Hollywood anyway? It's just a bunch of people from other places. I was born and raised and educated in public in the public schools of New Jersey. She was also in Yale and Harvard, if I remember right. Viola Davis was born in a sharecropper's cabin in South Carolina. Viola Davis, by the way, who lost to Meryl Streep. Uh, which I still don't understand from the Academy Awards, came up in Central Falls, Rhode Island. Sarah Paulson was born in Florida, raised by a single mom in Brooklyn. Sarah Jessica Parker was one of the s- one of seven or eight horses in a barn out of Ohio. No, kids from Ohio. I'm just making fun of her, of course. I don't know. Uh, Amy Adams was born in Vincenza, Veneto, Italy, and Natalie Portman was born in Jerusalem. Where are, where are their birth certificates? And the beautiful Ruth Nega was born in Addis Ababa. I can't say this Ethiopia. Raised in London, no, in Ireland, I do believe. And she's here, nominated, playing a small town girl from Virginia. Uh, wonder why all these like foreigners play old Americans. Anyways, Ryan Gosling, like all the nicest people, is Canadian. I'm Canadian. I'm not nice. I'm all right. And Dev Patel was born in Kenya and raised in London, and is here playing an Indian raised in Tasmania. Cause he is Indian. So Hollywood is crawling with outsiders and foreigners, and if we kick them all out, you will have nothing to watch but football and mixed martial arts, which are not the arts. End quote. I'm going to leave it there. Now, uh, to some of the points that I laughed at. Number one, uh, I like the fact that she, okay, not the point I didn't like or laughed at, but the one thing I will point out. She establishes that Hollywood is a transient you know, whatever town that's full of outsiders, which when you think about it, people don't really think about it. It's like, hey, where did these people come from? Where did these hustlers come from, you know, doing odd jobs and all that before they achieve fame and richness and all that, right? All the Trump detractors, these are privileged people. Yeah, but how did they get there? You know, if you look at their story, it's no different from any other successful, you know, business leaders and all those people, these Trump supporters, you know, love and just like come all over, Right. So what's the difference there? There's that. And then they come from all different places, you know, in other p- 
parts of the United States or other parts around the world. And then some of them from urban areas, some of them from rural areas, some of them from military backgrounds, some of them from other you know, diplomatic backgrounds, etc., etc., etc. So there's that. I hope people read that part and then realize the genesis of what Hollywood is composed of, at least the people, their backgrounds and all that, which these Trump idiots don't realize. However, at the same time, if you read these paragraphs, it's actually two paragraphs, it's ridiculous. Uh, so she she picked all the ladies first, of course, which is fine. But, you know, and then he, she picked uh, one lady from Ethiopia and Ryan Gosling for some reason as a Canadian representative and Dev Patel as one guy playing an Indian character from, you know, UK pretty much. Um, you know, it's... Sh- it shows you you're not gonna go through every single actor, actresses in the in the business. At the same time, it doesn't it really, you know, signify that you know showing the you know the the selective diversity the Hollywood has, you know, when it comes to you know race and ethnicity, and then the roles that they get lumped into. You know, I hope it tells that story, and I I'm I'm a little disappointed that she didn't say something like at the end of the whole schmutz spill about the diversity of Hollywood and diverse backgrounds shouldn't say and then there's more coming you know from other countries and all these places you know and other roles that's coming if she says some something uplifting like that I'll be like yeah you know what that's a good build up to a you know positive potential of a change in Hollywood possibly but I didn't see that it's just that you look what we achieved and then it just ended right there in the present but at the same time I guess uh, she, you know she, when she jumped into the Trump point she wanted to get to the present, how we got here, that kind of thing. But I, 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 I'm disappointed that she didn't mention that part. You know, you know, we could have a, we could have a Spanish, Mexican bachelor for the first time or something. Where's a Latin American in this? You know, I don't see it. Like you could have said Antonio Banderas or something and just be ignorant about it. You know, but whatever. I like how she isolated Latin American community here. Um, it's very simple. It's just like. Uh, Indian, black, and white. Meh, done. So, second part. I know I knew people would be up in arms about this, especially MMA fans, which some of them I really don't understand. Like Dana White, he's being a little bitch again. So when she said at the end, you know, so Hollywood is crawling with outsiders and foreigners. If we kick them all out, you will have nothing to watch. But football and mixed martial arts, which are not the arts, which is correct. They're not arts. They're sports. And mixed martial arts people, MMA people go, this is sport. This is like NFL. This is big league, UFC, right? So why the hell are you up in arms about that statement? Uh, Yeah, so I guess she kind of, you know, dissed uh, sports. It's like arts is better than sports. But, you know, come on. She's an artist. What do you expect? And then same for all the sports people. And then, then... you know, mixed martial arts is not art. It's not art. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you could look at it one way, but it's, it's sports. And football people, I'm surprised they didn't go up in arms about it. But to be honest, like the funny th- part about this when she mentioned football is that the Super Bowl has the highest TV rating in the U.S. history compared to like Golden Globes or any other movie that's on the thing, right? Uh, maybe TV shows too. You know, if you look at MASH or something, Cosby show from the way, way back. But in the current climate, sports overrules uh live event numbers at least to the hollywood show so i'll just say that and 
So the, these, these two paragraphs really bothered me more than anything or like got me thinking, not bothered me, things that bothered me, it bothered me the most in here. The things that made me think and then, you know, but the most, I guess it's just these two paragraphs in the beginning. Uh, well, so, you know, and she got into the whole Trump thing and then, you know, there was that one performance, you know, when he mocked the disabled, uh, the reporter with disability doing that and then you know look what happened but then she just like pretty much just recited what happened and she goes disrespect invites disrespect violence incites violence and but and then media needs to do a better job he's like what she said okay this brings me to the press we need principal press to hold the power to your account to call them on the carpet for every outrage uh yes i agree and i've been saying this for a while that's not take the bullshit and then put it into caricature, stupid, you know, TV show, like a sports center, pardon the interruption, or the, you know, and the, the CNN really became an ESPN, like the sports barbershop debate, if, you, if you've been watching the coverage. I don't watch CNN, but all the political shows really ended up being that, like just a banter, random argument, argument for sake of argument, you know, that kind of stuff, and then not call it into a fact. And I wish she was more direct about this instead of saying just call out the outrage, picking one example. And when she's the tone that she said, if she says something like this without being really dumbed down, stupid, you know, Trump detractors are going to be like, you're, you're being an elitist. You know, it's like the 40 year old virgin scene where Kevin Hart goes, you know, I'm going to throw that as uh, all those words, something like, you know, I, you know, you're throwing all the big words at me. So I'm going to take that as a disrespect. And then that's what pretty much happens. And then I, I don't understand why these Hollywood people don't get it. Dumb it down. And then I, and on that sense, Mark Wahlberg is right. Nobody gives a shit what the celebrities think. And I agree too. I never understood why all the Democrats got the celebrities and athletes. Like LeBron, go vote for it. Jay-Z, Beyonce. I'm like, what, what, what difference does that make? How are they relatable in the first place anyway? You know, other than, you know, skin color or background or whatever. But at the same time, they achieve the greatness, which is unrelatable. So what they should do is use relatable, convincing uh, persuasion rather than, you know, big words and, and really simple generalities that people refuse to believe or accept, although they might know. So they pick one reporter example, but then you really got to stab it hard, in my opinion. If you're going to call out the outrage, call it out the first time. Now, that's one. Uh, way the speech is delivered. Number two, on the blaming the press. This has been going on a lot. And then the, there was a news article last week. It's like, oh, fake news is not the problem. It's the media that's the problem. Like Vox and like Vice, they I think they mentioned this, uh, which is true. But at the same time, you know, media has, you know, job to you know filter out the fake news and end the false equivalency. That's true. At the same time, I think it's up to the individuals to realize what's bullshit and what's not and then I, it's funny at the end of the end of uh meryl streep's speech she said uh she quoted princess leia uh you know carrie fisher i uh, said take your broken heart make it into art uh and then the you know that kind of stuff and then well, what was it that wasn't the quote i was looking for oh uh, we have to remind each other, each other of the privilege and the responsibility of the act of empathy. I agree. And then the empathy also needs to come from, uh, needs to be reflected through action and change of a tone. Um, so I, she, she kept in generality, but 
I guess to some people she sounded high and mighty and pompous and elitist. So I do see it. So if, if you just if you look at the Facebook reaction, there are more angry faces and there are a whole bunch of hearts. Yeah, go Meryl. It's like fuck Meryl, fuck her. She dissed UFC. What the hell's wrong with her? You know all that stuff. But you know like it's her speech is okay if you look at if you look at it and then like really think about it. It's just. It's an okay speech, in my opinion. It wasn't the greatest speech. It was. It was certainly memorable, you know, given the emotion that she brought. But at the same time, I don't think it's an emotion that it, you know, invoked the same, you know, anxiousness and then the positivity that people are looking for or the real problems. And then that's out there, whether it's economy or whether for other, you know, minority groups and stuff. I really don't think. She really sounds. If you listen to it in one way, she sounds clueless. But at the same time, if you read it through and then think about it, you go, "I I think I understand where she comes from." But then I don't think everybody would understand this thing, uh, right off the bat, which I think is sad. And then she said, "Use your platform and use your voice." But I think that the way that voice is presented needs to be worked on for all the celebrities, and you know, even the politicians out there, and then everybody. So. There's my take on the speech. Uh, I don't know if she winged it. Maybe she didn't. I didn't see other speeches. She mentioned Hugh Laurie one, who apparently had the biggest burn on Trump. But I don't know. I didn't see it yet. I don't know if I want to watch it. But I didn't look at other analysis of the speech either. Like they do that. What does a speech mean? And then somebody else, some liberal site or like Breitbart or something, just picks it apart. I didn't read that before going into this. I just opened the script. I just watched the video because I wanted to <clears throat> share my thought on it, you know, f- from whatever I f- I was thinking all day, rather than you know sounding like somebody else. I don't know. Maybe somebody on Vo- Vox or Vice said this too. I haven't looked yet. I'll be honest. I really haven't. So I'll, I'll probably dig into it. But the general Twitter Facebook reaction, I just said this is fucking stupid. Like people just reacting with, you know, likes or hearts and angry faces, and then just commenting on like, you know, all they have so much fucking time. Nothing gets achieved. Nobody provides any intelligent point. Nobody quoted the speech at all and saying what they loved or what they hated. Instead, they just stay in general Hollywood elitism, feminist right or whatever. And then you might be going, yeah, BK, you're doing the same thing that CNN does. You're just putting, you know, you know, t- trying to have a false equivalency here. And then you're just like, it's just, you're making it sound as if this is your some game. No, I honestly think this is just an okay speech. If you look at it, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's nothing surprising. There's no point that's eye-opening. Other than in the beginning a little bit when she admitted, you know, Hollywood is full of people that are not originally from here and from all the different places and that kind of like broke down super hard in my opinion but you know did people really listen to that part or think about it and then go yeah 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 that girl was a country girl one day and then she ended up on the NBC show or something does anyone ever think that no not really unless you know them personally right but that comes with the empathy that's where the empathy comes in you know instead of having celebrities empathizing with you know everyday American maybe everyday American should look at look at you know these rich and famous people whether it's bankers they love business leaders or the celebrities and say you know let's look at this person and then really think about it are they as great as they really are where do they really come from you know and then think about that instead of like 
putting them on this fucking pedestal and go either lionizing them or demonizing them. I think that's fucking stupid. Because in the end, this is where getting starstruck comes from. I don't really get starstruck at all because I know in the end, you go, you know what? They're humans too. They're humans too. Whenever they make humanly mistake, whether they're cheating or doing drugs and all that, I go like, I, I wish all the best in that person. You know, I used to be cynical about it. You know, watch reading tabloids. I still do. I like TMZ. But you go, you know what? Like, they're humans too. They have feelings and all that. You can look at Justin Bieber. People make fun of him. But, you know, he lived his teenage life in the public life through in the public eyes. How would you ex- handle that pressure? Have you, have you ever... He, he, who can give that advice ever other than other celebrities who are in that position? You cannot... How do you empathize with that without knowing the background or being in that situation, right? So I, I put yourself in their shoes, you know, going one, in both directions. Celebrity to a random person out there, non-celebrity. Non-celebrity to a celebrity or whatever rich people out there. So that's my take on it. It went a little longer than I thought. But you know what? I wanted to get that out of the way this week before I uh, go out on a family trip. You know, or the family visit trip I'm going to do. And then, uh, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, thanks for listening. I hope you have a, I hope you don't get too angry or too excited about this speech. It is what it is. But you know what? You take it into your interpretation and share what you think. Uh, comment on SoundCloud. Comment on iTunes. Facebook message. You know, all that stuff. AA show with a thumbs up. It's on iTunes. Uh, what was it? Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud. I'm on everything. You can find me. There's an RSS feed somewhere. Twitter, what AA show? Uh, email AA show at outlook.com. You know, talk to me, call me if you know me, you know, stuff like that. And then we'll discuss further. And then uh, I'm sure some other more pressing topics will come up. And then I'll watch The Bachelor when I come back from San Diego and see how the diversity score, Q score looks next week on Bachelor. All right. Have a good week, and then I'll check back next week.